Well, we're only 200 days away from kickoff. 200 days away until the start of the 2024 season, OU and Temple, August 31st in Norman. And maybe, Parker, 200 days from right now, we'll be in the fourth quarter if OU's going to continue to play as many 11 a.m. games as they've had for the past several years. But the Chick-fil-A countdown clock says it's 200 days, 2 hours, 56 minutes, until uh, kickoff for OU football. So that means a 5 o'clock start time is what the Chick-fil-A countdown clock is predicting for game one. Maybe Chick-fil-A knows something that we don't. Perhaps. When was the last time Oklahoma had a 5 o'clock kick? It would have been uh, like a... Well, they, did they play SMU at 5 last year? Well, that's... It was either 5 or 6. When they have those five ESPN just... Plus games, you can kind of... Or, or pay-per-view, you can kind of set the kickoff time on your own, I, I think, for the most part. I think SMU was a 5 p.m. start time last year. Interesting. Yeah, not all that common. I know that much. Well, the Chick-fil-A countdown clock may be breaking some news today. Go check them out. 12th and Alameda, 405-310-3189. Again, that's the Chick-fil-A, 12th and Alameda. 200 days away until kickoff. But yeah, but we've got new... Crystal balls today. Multiple crystal balls have rolled in for three-star safety Marcus Wimberly out of Boxite, Arkansas. Is Boxite, that, you are correct. I uh, googled how to pronounce Boxite, Arkansas today, and I'm glad I, I found the correct pronunciation. But apparently he had an incredible Oklahoma visit. Sounds like it because Fong and a lot of other people at 24-7 Sports, I'm sure there's some new future cast in as well for the three-star safety. Well, there aren't. There aren't. Not on rivals? No. And, like, here's why. First off, if you're not a member at OUinsider.com, I actually wrote a story on Marcus Wimberly yesterday, published it this morning for subscribers over there. It is amazing. He is an awesome, awesome kid. One of my favorites in the 2025 cycle. An even better person than he is a player and somebody that is just a go-getter in all aspects of life. Like, you read that story, you're going to be like, yep, I want him in an Oklahoma uniform. That said, I have not entered a prediction for Marcus Wimberly, not because Oklahoma doesn't lead, because they do, but because the big question is whether they're going to have room to take him. He's going to be back on campus at Oklahoma on April 9th. Between now and then, he will take visits to SMU, to Memphis, to Tennessee, and to Alabama, among others. So this is a guy that, and he was previously committed to Arkansas. He was committed to Arkansas from July of last year all the way up until December. Ooh, so and he decommitted of, from the in-state school. Yeah, kind Ooh. of like Nate Roberts, he's a guy that I think understands he pulled the trigger too early the first time around, and wants to make sure he checks all the boxes the second time around. So he's not imminently nearing a decision. And I think that could be where he gets left out in the cold. That's my concern for Marcus Wimberly as far as Oklahoma is concerned, and that's why I have not yet entered a prediction. The Sooners are in very good position, not only for Jonah Williams out of Galveston Ball, but also for another Arkansas safety in Omarion Robinson Jeez. out of Parkview High and Little They've Brown. got their options at uh, safety right now, huh? Now, I think it's a possibility – that Oklahoma only takes one safety in the class, and obviously the one would be Jonah Williams. I think it's more likely they take two, but even so, I can't say for certain right now 
that Marcus Wimberly is ready to commit before Omarion Robinson is. Yeah. It, and it, that's that's the big holdup that I have. It's just interesting that Wilt Fong put in a crystal ball um, and like I think that, you know? I'll have to touch base with him. I think if I if I were to ask him, he would probably say, hey, man, I'm, I was just bailing on my Michigan prediction because I know that's kind of what he does sometimes when he knows, okay, a kid's not going to the school that I had had a crystal ball in for. He'll just, you know, take the most – or the next most likely school, and flip the crystal ball in favor of that particular program. Uh, Marcus Wimberly, with the staff turnover at Michigan, uh, has not had constant communication with anybody on their on-field staff ever since everything went down with Jim Harbaugh leaving for the NFL and Sharon Moore taking over in his stead. So the predictions had previously favored Michigan. It's not going to be Michigan. Yes, Oklahoma sits in the catbird seat right now, but the timeline, man, especially with everything that we've said about how small this class is going to be relative to some of the past classes in recent years for Oklahoma, the timeline is going to matter. And so if Marcus Wimberly is willing to commit in the next three, four weeks, then okay, I'll buy it. I'll buy that he's an Oklahoma Sooner. I don't think he's going to be ready to commit the next three to four. Well, but you know that that's what they're probably, if they're being up front with him and being honest with him, is like, hey, man, here's our situation. Like, here's – because I'm sure OU feels the same way that everyone else covering the sport or covering recruiting feels like now, that OU's the leader for Jonah Williams. And maybe that changes, but as of today, it feels like OU is the leader for him. So if they're being honest with the kid, it's like, hey, man, we we like you a lot, but here's our situation, here's our class size – if you're ready to commit in three to four weeks, let's let's go. Let's hop aboard the 2025 class. But if not, then our situation could change at that spot. And what what he's got? He's got a Tennessee offer. He's got an Arkansas offer, a Michigan offer, obviously an OU offer, and an Ole Miss offer are probably his most impressive five. But you say that he's going to Alabama coming up here. Rivals in 24-7 say he doesn't have an Alabama offer yet, but maybe that's to come soon for uh, the three-star safety, Marcus Wimberley. Got an impressive offer list, that's for sure. I'm a big fan of his, man. Big fan. And again, if you go read that story I wrote on him this morning, you will soon see why it makes so much sense for Marcus Wimberly to be in Oklahoma sooner. I mean, it is hand in glove, and his work ethic is just a cut above the rest. Man, really, really impressed with the player and person that he is. I hope, I, I don't say this often, I hope for his sake he ends up in Oklahoma's class because I don't think there is any better school for him than Oklahoma. I'm just not to the point where I can lay down a prediction confidently. Get him on the PWO here. Get him on that plan. Yeah, I I think he'll have some uh, major – well, he already has some major Power 5 offers, and that offer list will only continue to grow. I don't don't think that he would come here on a PWO. Just be my guess. Uh, From the 918, Lincoln Cure, Nate Robinson, and Deshaun Brame are are all fong to other schools. Chances OU gets one or even two of those. Nate Robinson. Nate Roberts. (laughs) Imagine Oklahoma recruiting Nate Robinson at tight end. What was he, 5'9"? Yeah, but he played at Washington. Wasn't he a uh, defensive back at, at Washington? Was he really? I think he played defensive back at Washington, and of course he was also on the basketball team. OU played Washington when he was there, and I think... I think Washington beat OU when when he was a uh, yes. yeah when he was with the Huskies. Yes. Um, chances OU gets one or even two. The chances they get one, I think, are still very good. I think Oklahoma gets one of the three. 
I don't think it's out of the question that they get two of the three. And yes, Desan Bram is leaning Oregon. I'm not convinced Nate Robinson. I, I, See, I did it there. there. You go. I'm not convinced <laughs> Nate Roberts is leaning Ohio State. And yes, Lincoln Curry is leaning Kansas State, no doubt about it. But it is not an insurmountable margin that Oregon has put on the field in Desan Bram's recruitment, or that Kansas State has put on the field, and especially Oklahoma in Lincoln Cure's recruitment. So I think the chances they get one of the three are pretty good. I'll say 60%, 70%. The chances they get two, it's less likely, but still very much within the realm of possibility. I'll say 20%. Nate Robinson was a guy when he was in the game that was not afraid to fire up a shot. Not afraid whatsoever. Maybe Nate Roberts is the same way. Once, once the ball as much as possible. Just throw it to him or he's going to get pissed. Um, Nick and Alan bring up a very good point on the Chick-fil-A countdown clock. With the time change, that Chick-fil-A countdown clock would be 6 p.m., right? Mm. We do have a time change coming, so maybe Chick-fil-A is predicting a 6 p.m. kickoff for uh, for, uh, OU and and Tulane. Okay, I'm with it. Which, by the way, that SMU game was a 5 p.m. start time uh, last year. I don't think that we've had a five p another five p.m. start time in my lifetime that I can remember. Yeah, nor can I. That was but weird. Maybe more night games. That's what I'm guessing. More night games are an OU's future now that they're uh, out of the poverty conference that is the Big Twelve. Uh, what's this text here at the top say? Travis from California says Deshaun Foster presser first order of business meet with donors and men of Westwood Collective. He knows where college football is. <laughs> The men yep. of Westwood, that's their collective name? Is if that? It is, I, 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 I have no idea that. about UCLA's collective. I don't, it kind of sounds like they don't have much of a collective, judging by uh, the things we've heard from yeah, UCLA well, the past few days. None of those donors want to give Chip Kelly their money. Yeah, well, he wasn't using it on the recruiting trail, that's for sure. What did we say yesterday? The number 88 overall class in, in 2024? <laughs> Jeez. Ugly, man. Ugly. Ugly, ugly. 405, know a guy who's cousins with Nate Roberts' dad. They really like Ryan Day and Dan Lanning. Said Joe John was arrogant and a turnoff. Joe John doesn't strike me as arrogance. Not to dismiss the tangential connection to the family there, but if Joe John was arrogant and a turnoff, why did Jake commit to Oklahoma? You know, like there's, there's a very obvious... Fly in the ointment there. And it is the fact that the older brother committed to Oklahoma. And not like years ago, right? It was last, last month. year. Last la- last opportunity. Well, last opportunity playing college football, right? His last year, and he commits to OU. Um, any mention of Lincoln Riley claiming Mahomes, LOL. Tattoo Baker, I think, hit us both up in the DMs yesterday, and yes. he released something that was, that was pretty awesome. It was a joke that we made on the show <laughs> yesterday, which Tattoo Baker then took and ran with, and successfully trolled a lot of people. Successfully fooled many of you. But no, USC did not actually release an edit where they tried to lay claim to any sort of connection to Patrick Mahomes' legacy. But you know what? Tattoo Baker will make people believe that that actually did happen. If there's one man out there that can make it seem like USC did release that, it would be Tattoo Baker. God bless him for his service on the on, on Twitter every single day. Uh, one more before we hit a break here, and I did want to address this because I think it really sucks. Uh, this text says, word out that Jordy Ball tore her ACL and out for the season. That's true. She put out a statement. First game of the season, dude. 
First game of the year, Jordy Ball has a torn ACL and will redshirt this season. I know not everyone likes her around here and the decision that she made, and that's fine. You're entitled to that opinion, but I do feel bad that in the first game of the season, she tore her ACL. And she's a really good kid, yep. all about the right things. Yep. Helped OU win two national championships. I don't feel bitter towards her. I wish her the best, and I just I think this news sucks. I, I'm just glad that we haven't gotten the, oh boy, karma's a B-word. Yeah, let's not, let's not yet. go there, please. Like, it's objectively very unfortunate. Jordy Ball gave her all for two seasons for the University of Oklahoma, was a part of two national championship teams, and... To see that happen in her very first game back home as a Cornhusker, yeah, it hurts. And yeah, it sucks. Pretty awful. Uh, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Still a lot to get to on the text line, but Parker made a trip this morning to a town in Oklahoma that, man, you remember them in the 90s, early 2000s, putting out some high-level players. I guess they got a couple of really good players in this particular town. We'll tell you where he was at earlier today. And a whole lot more OU recruiting as well, right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, The Ref Army, listening nationwide via the free KREF app. Newton, Massachusetts is tuned in today via the KREF app. Columbia, South Carolina. Edna, Texas. Santa Barbara, California. Birmingham, Alabama. And no, it's not a small town. But it is in the state of Oklahoma, and it's a nice segue to bring up the fact that you were in Lawton, America today, and I guess they've got at least one, maybe two pretty good prospects. That they do. And a couple guys, well, one in particular that I would figure ends up with an Oklahoma offer here before long, that would be 2026 defender Adam Austin, six foot two, 205 pounds. Uh, reminds me physically of Michael Boganowski in that, okay. uh, you know, he, he looks like... And then the best way I've ever heard Michael Boganowski described, and I wish I could reference whatever texture it was that orig- originally sent the text, but they said Boganowski is a Big 12 linebacker and an SEC safety. And that, to me, is Adam Austin to a T. He's got some Big 12 offers. got a lot of local offers. Colorado has offered. Uh, and the, I think many schools see him as a linebacker, but many have also acknowledged, okay, you've got the flexibility and you've got the athleticism. Uh, to be able to play safety as well. I think that's probably what he would end up being at Oklahoma. And I do think he picks up the Oklahoma offer at some point. He's got an invite to the Future Freaks event on March 9th, which is a big event Oklahoma's putting together for 2026 kids, and as well as some 2027s. So I think that offer's coming, and I do think Oklahoma ends up being a major contender for his services. And, man, here's the thing. Lawton Max got another really good prospect in 2026 wide receiver Joshua Rushing, who's already got several FBS offers in his own right. That is a guy that Oklahoma has eyes on. Six foot three, 195 pounds, certainly looks the part already. The, the issue is they're in so good with so many 2026 wide receiver targets yeah. already. That's just like, what? Are, are you really going to offer another one? I think I've made this point with you before. I, I've definitely made the point on the rush um, several times. But, you know, Lawton, there's just so many great football players that have hailed from all three high schools over the years, man. I, 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 was, I went back and read a story today, 
And, Parker, this story was written in 2011. But in 2011, there were 23 NFLers from, from the city of Lawton from the three high schools. It's pretty good, man. But it seems like there's been a drought recently of top-end D1 talent. Like, Not to say that there's just been a bunch of bad football teams and a bunch of bad football players out there in Lawton. That's not the case. They just haven't had the high-level Division One players that we saw for a stretch. Like Jamal yep. Brown, Antonio Perkins, DJ Wolf, Will Shields, uh, Mike Minter was out there as well. Like, There's so many NFLers that hailed from Lawton. I kind of like the idea, and I, if you follow OU Recruiting, I think you should too, like the idea of maybe Lawton getting back to or, or finding some kids that are some D1 talent again to kind of get that pipeline. Because there there was definitely a time where Lawton was seemed like it was a really nice OU pipeline. I tell you, Jamal Brown's name is plastered all over As it should be. High School. It should be. 2005 Outland Trophy winner, Jamal Brown. Uh, yeah, they're very proud of him out there, as well they should be. But you're right. It's been a few years since you were regularly seeing Lawton produce dudes that were scholarship players in the Power Five. And there's been a guy or two here and there over the course of the last decade or so, but it's not the hotbed it once was, and that seems to be changing. Not only do you have uh, dudes with FBS offers at Lawton Mac, but Javon Harris is in charge of the program out there at Lawton Ike as well, and they have several guys that are expected to be Power Five scholarship level dudes. Who were the last uh, like D1 Power Five players that you can remember out a lot. I remember Michael Warren ended up at Iowa State. I think he had a really good freshman year, and he kind of tailed off after that. Jalen Barnett was a defensive lineman, maybe from Lawton High. I think he ended up going to Nebraska. Maybe he was an offensive lineman. He was D-line or offensive line. But can you think of anyone in the past five years coming out of Lawton that was a that was a Power 5 signee somewhere? No. No. No, I can think of guys that went FCS, guys that went G5, guys that walked on at Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, but no, offhand, I cannot. But just to like emphasize the point even more about what Lawton's been in the past, like for OU, but really for the NFL too, do you think there's another town, city in Oklahoma, outside of Oklahoma City and Tulsa, that's produced more NFLers than Lawton has? Like I said, the list said 23 in 2011. I, I bet there's not another, there's another city in Oklahoma outside of OKC and Tulsa that's produced more future NFL players than, than Lawton has. That's, that's what it was at one point, man. And for a while there, it was like every single year. And maybe you have multiple high-level Power 5 players every single year. 813 says, it's been a drought for sure. No question, Tyler, you're not wrong, says James in Lawton. Uh, Greg from Lawton says, holla yo. Miss you this morning in Lawton, Parker. I'm sorry, Greg. I'll check in with you next time I'm down there. I think I'm going back down there next week to go see Javon Harris's boys at Lawton Ike. So holler at me next Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever it is that I end up getting down there. Yeah, where's the hot spot in uh, in Lawton at? Did you find anywhere good today? I didn't. I haven't stop been anywhere. to Lawton um, in about ten years. No, actually, it's been more recent than that. We did a remote out there about five, six years ago. It's it's been a while. We need to uh, make our way out there sometime. Yeah, I didn't stop anywhere save for the high school. Just went there, went back. No stops. Eight one three. James and Lawton would have taken you to lunch. So you better let the text line know the next time that you're 
headed out there. James from Lawton, Greg from Lawton. If they listen in Lawton, they say from Lawton at the end of their uh, <laughs> the end of their text line name, which is pretty cool. Okay, so folks. let them know. Yeah, well, you, I mean, if you want to take me to breakfast, that'd be preferable because I I can never do lunch these days. I'm too busy talking. Uh, that is but the deal yeah. with this job. You and I can really never do lunch with anyone <laughs> never, ever. Never. Anytime somebody hits me up and is like, hey, let's grab lunch. I'm like, yeah, okay, sounds great. Anything but lunch, though. Yeah, 11 to 2 is kind of the prep time for me, so I'm, I'm normally out of that uh, as well. Jeff from OKC says, how many Super Bowl champs does the Sooners have all time? Jeff, I don't know that offhand, but Blake Bell and James Winchester, like they've got six rings between the two of those. Are they leading the pack? Are there any other former Sooners and no Troy Well, okay, I was about to say, I don't think he does either, but if you don't count those two, I think they are leading the pack. Yes. Impressive work. James Winchester, man. All right, that dude, he does such a niche job that you forget about him, but he's been one of the best at long snapper in the NFL for years and years and years. For just from Washington High School, and now we know. I think we know a lot more about Washington football here over the past couple of years yep. because of Cooper Alexander, and uh, I almost said Nate Robinson as well, like you did in the text line did earlier, Nate Roberts. But James Winchester just comes out of little old Washington, and not only does he get three Super Bowl rings and a long stretch in the NFL, he's probably going to get that uh, pension from the league that everyone's always trying to get, but an OU Texas memory. He recovered the muff punt in the 2010 game. That's right. To uh, to to clinch the game against Texas. Yeah. James what what a life, man! An OU Texas memory, and then three Super Bowl rings. All right, so Not he's got he's got to be the first long snapper to go into the Hall of Fame, right? Yes. Starting the campaign now, James Winchester to the Hall. First uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Some will say, well, if you look at the most recent NFL Hall of Fame class. James Winchester might uh, might deserve to be there. PA Boomer Sooner checked in and says, "If you're ever in Middletown, Pennsylvania, you can take me to breakfast. We 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 will do. We'll, we'll contact the sales staff to see if we can get a remote set up in Middletown, PA, and we'll take you out to breakfast. That'd be that that'd be awesome. Um, speaking of Washington, I had this random factoid down today, and uh, I guess I'll use it now." And I didn't really pay attention to the Iowa State recruiting class this year. I'm sure that you can understand that. Did you know that Cooper Alexander was the highest-rated player in Iowa State's uh, class this year? I can believe it. According to Rivals? I can believe it. I did not know he was the highest-rated player that the Cyclones signed this year. So, best of luck. Look at some of the offers he had. Like, he didn't just have the Oklahoma offer. He had a few big, big big-time offers. Penn State, Mm -hmm. I believe. I know he had Miami. Um, gosh, there were others. He took an official visit to Stanford. He had a Colorado offer. He picked Iowa State because they'd recruited him the longest. I mean, that's really what it amounted to. Well, and they've uh, they've had at least one local tight end in the area uh, recently, and that one worked out mm, quite nicely. Yeah, so yeah, he did. <laughs> Maybe that was a recruiting pitch too. Hey, you guys have uh, have been acting very well today, very nicely on the text line about Jordy Ball's injury. I am I'm proud of all of you for the way that you've acted today on that. Just terrible news for Jordy. Uh, hopefully she's ready to go uh, for, for next season. But terrible news, if you didn't hear, Jordy tore her ACL in Game 1 this year. She's out for the year, and um, she's she's going to redshirt this season. 
All right, more OU recruiting coming up next. Rivals gives uh, OU a grade for the 2024 class. We'll look at that, see if we agree with it. And it feels like there's a lot of quarterback offers for 2026. We'll evaluate where OU is right now with QB offers. Coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. You know, we are uh, not into the uh, not into the summer months of the 2025 recruiting calendar when it seems like most of the action across the country happens, but OU's already 10 commits in right now. When are we going to start getting, because um, we got a lot of it last year, on the text line, uh, hate for assistant coaches because they can't recruit. We got Todd Bates slander last year. That ended once David Stone committed. We got some Joe John Finley slander. You know, we got some Ted Roof slander last year. Like, who who are those coaches going to be this year? Gosh, it's kind of mm-hmm. nice, isn't it? Nobody is taking a coach to task on the text no. line because he can't recruit. Todd Maybe Bates' nemesis was making a an appearance every single day on the text line. Gosh, man, don't miss those days. Maybe it's Zach Alley. Maybe that's the ritual that he has to endure as the new guy. You have to get slandered on the text line for your inability to recruit before you can officially be uh, accepted into the OU football fraternity. Gets his first three-star commit. This ain't Jacksonville State! (laughs) Yeah, I could could see Zach Alley maybe being the target this offseason. We got 200 days until the start of the season. Something crazy is going to happen, I know that. Uh, from the 918, in the end, who will be the highest-rated defensive lineman OU winds up with in the 2025 class? Man, that kind of feels like a crapshoot at this point. Who the highest-ranked defensive lineman could be in 2025? I'm going to say C.J. Nixon. i say it's probably C.J. Nixon. C.J. Nixon or Trent Wilson? I think they got a good shot with Trent Wilson. I'll be curious to see how that visit goes next month. Rivals gives OU a grade for the 2024 class. And the grade that Adam Gorney, Gorndog, gives the Sooners for 2024 is an A. Dataway, Gorndog. Gorney gives OU an A. Five-star David Stone is the best defensive tackle in the class and a total game wrecker who has superstar potential. Miami and others were trying to land the Oklahoma native who played at IMG, but the Sooners got him. Stone is is the only five-star in Oklahoma's class, but it's a loaded group with Eddie Pierre-Louis, Taylor Tatum, and many other standouts. Over time, here you go, you ready? Right here? Over time, three-star athlete Andy Bass could be phenomenal in the Sooner system. You get the five-star defensive lineman, top 50 offensive lineman, the number one running back, and then you throw in Andy Bass. The agenda has taken root nationally. Andy Bass. The Andy Bass agenda. Like we, We've been successful in pushing that all the way to the national level of recruiting coverage. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to say started from the bottom, but you know, you just have to take a step back sometimes and just really admire where this thing ended up. Top 10 athlete, according to, uh, according to On3. Gosh, and Gorney's months. even mentioning him. I know. Nine months ago, he was some zero-star kid with Ivy League offers to go play quarterback. Ivy League schools in Syracuse to go play to go play quarterback. And How then, the turntables. Uh, Texas got an A-plus for their class, says Gorney. Oklahoma State got a B-minus, but yeah, there's uh, OU sitting with an A. And I know we've talked about it at nauseum, the 24 class and what we think about it, but 
Yes, I'm very good with an A grade for uh, for the 2024 class. I'm sorry, did you say Texas got an A plus or Texas, Texas Tech? got an A plus? Okay, I think Tech got an A minus. I believe. Oh, okay. Disagree with Texas in that A plus? Yeah. I I don't know that any class rates out as an A plus. I think that's an unattainable standard. Because even a class that looks like an A-plus on paper, i.e. Texas A&M in 2022, well, you got to develop those dudes. And so I guess if we're solely going off rankings and not trying to project at all as to what they do collegiately, yeah, maybe it's an A-plus class. But I just something, something in me is not comfortable with that grade. On any class whatsoever, they like uh, what Colin Simmons. Uh, he's uh, he's an edge, correct? Yep. Colin Simmons, big time, five star. Yeah, he's big time. But they don't. They they were they just felt okay about what they got in like the interior of their defensive line for this class. They don't. Texas does not have a David Stone in this class in the interior of their defensive line. It was a good class, very good class, A plus. I tend to agree with you there. You can give them an A minus if you want, but. There's no David Stone in the middle of that defensive line. Spence in Tulsa says, if slander takes place on the text line, is it technically libel? Just an off-season thought. Good call, Spence. Good call. Many get lost in the, uh, well, I, I should say, many simply don't know the difference between slander and libel. But you do, Spence. Well done. J.G. Wentworth says, Miguel Chavis is right there with him. Love what he's doing on the trail, but we need to see some development. Well, that goes hand-in-hand hand with the previous text in which he said, who's to say J.F. Oh, yeah. is off the hook? Definitely keeping an eye on that room's development this year. So I mentioned who's going to catch some uh, some heat this offseason, and the text line is <laughs> giving us some ideas of who it could be. J.G. Wentworth says, well, maybe Joe John Finley, and how about we throw out Miguel Chavis' name as well? Glenn from Nashville says, Gentlemen, I love me some Joe John and used to watch him play high school ball in Arlington back in the day. That said, it wouldn't take much for me to slander him as a recruiter. With the exception of the dude he got in last year's class, he's largely whiffed with his tight ends at OU. I do think Why is that the narrative? I, I do think it's just totally it's still a bit overlooked that he got Devon Mitchell in last year's class. It is over. It's, well, it's overlooked still. And he, here's what I think everybody fails to take into account. Anybody that tries to hold Joe John to task for what he has brought in in terms of recruit or in terms of talent from the recruiting trail at Oklahoma is it's not the guy's fault that Caden Helms got hurt. And that seems to be the stigma. It's, well, Caden Helms can't stay healthy. No, he had one season-ending injury, and Jason Llewellyn was a bust. Yeah, okay, he was. But could you really have foreseen that he would just basically kind of quit on the team midseason and start going on a Twitter rampage about how he wasn't getting enough playing time? That was actually pretty awesome when he did that. <laughs> <laughs> just for I thought, content's sake. And look – I thought Cade McIntyre is and was a great addition. He's somebody that folks in the program have high expectations for. And Joe John had Malachi Coleman. The fact that the Sooners didn't get Malachi Coleman, didn't press for Malachi Coleman and try to close that recruitment out, that wasn't Joe John's call. That call was made above his pay grade. And guess what? If they had tried to close on Malachi Coleman, Malachi Coleman was coming to Oklahoma, and he was coming to Oklahoma because of Joe John Finley. Puerto Rican Sooner says Tulsa has a better class than OSU, and that just cracks me up. Did you see the uh, Kevin Wilson last week reading the text that he got from a yes, uh, I did. from a player about the NIL situation? Tulsa, 
Tulsa hmm. cleaned up with some. I, I think what they did a really good job of was Kevin Wilson understands what Tulsa is, and in the grand scheme of things, it is a second-rate destination for many recruits that are legitimate FBS prospects. Tulsa is not a coveted destination for many of them. But when things fall through with a school that such an individual is already committed to, i.e. Jackson Ford with Oregon as a very conspicuous example, when that falls through, you got an opportunity, you have a window, you have to seize it, and Kevin Wilson and his staff did so. And they found a lot of guys down the stretch at the end of the cycle that maybe had better options at one point, but for whatever reason, they and that particular school went their separate ways and were basically left up a creek without a paddle. And here came Tulsa cleaning up. Zane says, well, I'll bite. I thought our linebacker room would have more top-tier recruiting than it has up to this point. I'll, I'll defend the linebacker position here when it comes to recruiting. Okay. Um, I wish they would have gotten Peyton Pierce last year. That, w- that would have been great. Don't we all? But they were never going to have a large linebacker class no. last year. The year before, though, that, that's, a, that's a good linebacker class that's the year really, before. I, I, that's a really good linebacker class. Mm. How are you going to beef with a core mm. four in Brent Venable's very first full cycle at Oklahoma that included Phil Pachotti, whom admittedly we haven't seen much of because he's been hurt, but Lewis Carter, Samuel Masigo, bona fide studs, those two. And then at the very end... You tack on a high upside developmental guy in Taylor Heim. I got no qualms with that. None no, whatsoever. and the linebacker. Like we, if you want to evaluate best position groups on the team this year, not on the defense, on the team, you might go safety one and linebacker right there with it. I mean, I, linebacker's in a really good spot. Please, please read that text there. I'm, I'm trying. I, I hope that this is real. I think I hope this is real. No, I, I, I do. I hope that this is real. First time texter on this text line. This is why I am inclined to believe it is legit. Currently in active labor, and JG Wentworth, my husband, is listening to you guys and texting yeah. your text line. That is a diehard listener. JG Wentworth, who shows up every single day on the text line, and you all think the same thing. We mention his name. 877 Cash Now. Now, man, if you'll oblige me, I feel the, I feel the need to follow up and ask. Why is it that your husband goes by J.G. Wentworth? Uh-huh. Please fill me in. I need to know. An act of labor, and then she's texting us at the same time. as there, There's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot happening. <laughs> in, in that hospital. That room, is. In that, that hospital room. The ref is essentially woven into that child's very DNA. Maybe Gunny is the uh, child's name. Maybe that's the name that they have picked out. Since he's such a big oh, ref boy. listener. <laughs> come out of the mo- uh, come out of the womb with a left-handed cigarette in one hand. I I really I hope that that's true. It, it's a first-time texture. I'm with you. I I think it could be, but it's pretty legendary status if JG Wentworth his wife is in labor and he's still listening and texting us, and she's texting as well to tell us that he's listening and texting while she's in labor. Just fantastic. Four oh five soaring up the boards right now. As far as the text line rankings go, six five one thirty four thirty nine. JG Wentworth, if that's true, you just earned your fifth star, buddy. That's how that one works. More to come next, right here on the ref. 
Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bring you the sour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones, they pride themselves on having the best service technicians and friendly service advisors that put your needs first. Check them out in El Reno, Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. We tell you guys all the time, if, you, uh, if you're not going by a name on the text line, text us what you want your name to be on the text line. Some of you have done that. A lot of you do have names, but I just manually entered in a new name on the text line. Five-star J.G. Wentworth. J.G. Wentworth says, Five-star, baby! My wife thought she was just going to slander me for trying to stay entertained. All she did was elevate me to five-star status. Dang Stray. Notice what he said there. She was going to slander me for trying to stay entertained. His wife is allegedly going through labor right now. <laughs> He's just trying to stay entertained while, while she's going through it. He does My not man. find labor entertaining. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> like, give me anything but this to occupy my time. Jeff from OKC says, J.G. Whitworth, the first ever six-star. Gunny with three laughing face emojis at the thought of the new baby being named Gunny. Jay from Medill says, let KREF be the godfather. I, I, love, I love that idea. 405 says, no worries about recruiting. My beef is the horrible passing defense and fair at best run defense. Now, fair at best run defense is very accurate for the BYU and the TCU game last year, for sure. Fair at best run defense, was that the case for the first 10 games of the year? Or were they a little bit better than just fair against the run a year ago? They were... Well, it, it's tough, right? Because there are those glaring exceptions, right? Where you're like, wow, run defense was terrible. Most it, notably the two that you mentioned, yeah. BYU and TCU. Outside of that, they were pretty good. Like, they were solidly and, and, above Against Oklahoma average. State, I thought they were pretty good against yeah. the run, right? I mean, shoot, Ollie Gordon carried the ball 37 times in that game, and he got, what, 133 yards? Ollie Gordon's going to get his, and he did, but they contained Ollie Gordon as well as anybody did all year. So yeah, I, and it wasn't it wasn't good when it needed to be. Arizona didn't do anything on the ground in the Alamo Bowl. I randomly looked at that that game a week ago. Those final stats: Arizona did nothing, which doesn't make me feel any better about losing that game. It actually made me more pissed off that OU played so well against the run and still found a way to lose that game. But yeah, I, I think outside those two games, they were they they, they were pretty good. Ladonna from Lubbock says, "I'm telling you guys." The ref helps more people than y'all know. Well, I, I, uh, I'm glad that's the case, LaDonna. That's, that's pretty awesome. Pretty amazing. A listener in the 214 says, give us JG's cash app handle. He's earned a nice dinner yes. for one tonight. JG, JG, text it in. You might get a nice dinner. A, a nice hospital dinner tonight that uh, the text line is willing to provide for you. And now you've got a whole lot of people texting in their new names on the text line, so... If you don't get all of those, I'll try to get as many as uh, as I can coming up next hour. Uh, we have an in-state quarterback committing to a Power 5 school, not in the state. How about Shaker Rising from up there in the Tulsa area committing mm-hmm. to Utah? Yeah, good He's, on him. Yeah, good I mean, good player. Uh, it's, good, good, good spot for him. He and David McComb, man, both two. And Grady Adamson as well at Deer Creek. It's a really good quarterback class in the state of Oklahoma in 2025. The issue is... None of them are going to end up at OU, naturally, because as soon as Kevin Sperry got the offer last mark or last March, excuse me, he was all in, and so none of those in-state, you know, in-state guys in particular, 
those are typically guys that unless they're camp miss dudes, you're going to wait on them. You're going to slow play them a little bit because you know that you have to take them if you offer them. And so yeah, there was never much of a chance that Grady Adamson or Shaker Rizig or David McComb was going to end up in Oklahoma sooner. But all three have done quite well for themselves. McComb's committed to Kansas. Uh, Rizig is obviously now committed to Utah. Adamson's still uncommitted, but he'll land somewhere in the Power Five. Well, you know, that makes me think of a storyline that we haven't already brought up is we keep talking about 2025 as a whole is the best in-state crop that maybe we've seen in quite some time. This could absolutely be the best quarterback class in the state that we've seen in quite some time as well. Where some guys, I mean, this this is a really good quarterback class I mean, in the state. I mean, none it's of really those good. none of those guys are a David Cornwell, but <laughs> Alabama fans broke our uh, K Ref Sports streaming one time. We we had just started K Ref Sports, like the streaming, and yeah. it was the Crosstown Clash, Norman High, Norman North, and. Alabama fans, so many of them tuned in that it crashed the stream that night because so many of them wanted to watch their future quarterback that never really started there. Man, imagine how much crazier it would have been on that stream if Nevada fans could have gazed into Mm, the crystal ball and foreseen their future. It's true. 940, the ref streaming is home away from home down here in Fort Worth. Love that. Love to hear that. Slim Brady's trying to throw in uh, his cash app here. Slim Brady saying Slim Brady 01 is the cash app. Yeah, nice try, Slim Brady. He'll probably get a cash app or two just because we mentioned it just now. Kendall says, FYI, Owasso quarterback has committed to LSU. Yeah, Knox Dyson. He's committed as a PWO, though. Pretty good 2025 quarterback class for sure. Uh, The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.